you can take care of it, and God will put it in her. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand and turn to page 346. My name is in the book of life. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. I rise above all doubt and strife and read my title clear. Oh, I know, I know my name is there. I know, I know my name is written there. Think about it. My name Amen. Flip back one page to page 345. If you don't know where to go, they have one place you can go and get salvation tonight, and that's through Jesus Christ. Where could I go? Amen. Living below in this soul sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford. Striving along to face temptation so
friends I love so dear. Comfort I get from God's own word. Thank you, Lord. Yet when I face the chilling hand of death, where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a <laughs> One more time. Do that chorus. Where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to save me. gather around the altar for prayer and song says where could I go but to the Lord I tell you to ask a question and turned around and answered it and there's sometimes you've got to ask yourself the question and you've got to answer it yourself make sure you get the right answer where could I go but to the Lord and so and I'm glad I know where to go let's come gather around the altar and let's pray all that can and all that will if you want to pray in your seat that's fine brother Ricky Harris you come to the platform and you lead us in our altar prayer tonight really pray pray for my wife I'd sure appreciate that our father we want to tell you tonight we love you Lord uh, Lord thank you dear God for the privilege and opportunity Lord just to bow Lord this eye of eternity God uh, Lord, looking unto you tonight, God, the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord. Uh, Lord, through it all, God, you reached down to the muck and the mire and the filth of this world. Uh, and God, just saved us and give us a going in life. Uh, Lord, you forgive us of our sins and wash us and cleanse us, Lord. Uh, Lord, we ask you tonight, Lord, for this service, God. Uh, Lord, you remove every demon force out of hell back. Uh, God, anything would hinder a bind, anything, Lord, would, Lord, would, would cramp this meat, God, I pray that you move it out the way. Uh, Lord, every ill spirit, every ill thought, uh, I pray, God, you move it now, dismiss it from us, Lord. Uh, God, you get honor and glory to yourself here tonight. Uh, Lord, thank what our hearts have felt last night, Lord, what we're going to, Lord, what we're looking for tonight, Lord. Uh, God, you help the man of God. Lord, you help Preacher Frankie, Lord, uh, as he moderates this meeting this week and next week. Lord, uh, Lord, you give him lead way, give him liberty, Lord, make it easy for him, God. Uh, Lord, I pray for the man of God as he stands tonight uh, and breaks the bread of to our hearts, God. Lord, we're so hungry. Lord, we need something tonight. God, we need bread, Lord. We need fresh bread. Uh, Lord, we need uh, oil, Lord. Uh, God, we need you to stir uh, in our nation, in our hearts, in our churches, God. Uh, Lord, you give old-fashioned Holy Ghost God sent uh, revival these days we live, Lord. Uh, 
Lord, to just cleanse our people, Lord. Cleanse our children, Lord. Uh, Lord, our homes and our churches, God. Uh, Lord, you bring people back to you, Lord. Uh, Lord, you pull them back to your pleading side. Uh, Lord, as never before, Lord. Uh, Lord, the Holy Ghost of God would infiltrate our souls and enter our homes, dear God. Uh, Lord, we seem like, Lord, we walk around hang backs all the time. Uh, but, Lord, I know you're still on the throne tonight, Lord. Uh, Lord, if he's wanting this building tonight, Lord, come this way tonight, Lord. Uh, and they're lost on the road to devil's hell. Uh, I pray, God, you'd pull them and woo them and draw them uh, until the cross of Calvary, Lord. Uh, oh, God, you just give them what they need tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray for that backsitter, that prodigal son, that uh, prodigal daughter walking in a far country, distant land tonight. Uh, Lord, may they hit the trail, come back to the Father's house. Uh, Lord, make their way back to your house, Lord. Uh, Lord, you forgive me and cleanse them tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray the preacher's wife might miss Sandy, Lord. Uh, Lord, you're able to touch her, Lord. You're able to raise her up, Lord. Uh, off a sick bed of affliction tonight, Lord. Uh, Lord, please touch her, God. Uh, please, God, touch her. Lord, I pray, God, you just do a work. Uh, all you can do in this building tonight, Lord. Uh, all around us, Lord. All around this world, Lord. Uh, God, you stir hearts and stir souls. Uh, God, breathe down upon us tonight, Lord. Uh, oh, God, fell back to windows of glory, Lord. Uh, this smile down upon your children tonight, Lord. Uh, oh, Father, we we'll love you, Lord. Uh, and God will praise you. Oh, God will thank you, Lord. Uh, we have a blessing you give. Oh, God, you're so good to us. God, please, Lord, grant tonight, Lord. Help Brother Dean, Lord, as he preach tonight, Lord. God, you feed him, he feed us, Lord. Lord, we're sure hungry. We're sure hungry tonight, Lord. God, we need something only come from your table. Help the singing, Lord, help the singers. Fill them up with the Holy Ghost of God tonight. Lord, we tell you we love you. God, we're going to thank you and praise you. And that name's above every name, but in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Get your church children. Everybody stand with me. Turn to page 279. Oh, I want to see him. That's in G. 279. How many of you not want to see him? <laughs> Amen. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, morning soul to Calvary, to the crimson flow, many arrows pierce my soul from without within. 
tonight. What a great blessing. Good crowd here on a Friday night and I thank the Lord for it. I always believe if you had a ball game on Friday night and church on Friday night you already leave the ball game and come over to the church house. I just really believe that with all my heart. I do. I believe if you got the ball game going on I believe you ought to cancel the ball game and get to the house of God because when you're down there at the ICU waiting room, you're not going to call the announcer at the ball game to come help you. You're going to come down and try to find somebody that knows how to pray. And so the church is more important than anybody else. And so we're glad to have the Agee family with us tonight, and they've been a blessing. Have they blessed us this week? They've been good. God bless y'all. We had a hum over here. I think it's gone now. Thank y'all for having us this week. We sure enjoyed ourselves. Thank you for the food, the fellowship, uh, the place to stay. The list goes on and on. And we're saddened about this being our last night here. But we're thankful for you to be here. Uh, thankful to get to spend the whole week with Brother Dean. We got to know him a little better. We love you, Brother Dean. Appreciate what you stand for. Appreciate the word of God you preached to us this week. Thanks, Brother Frankie. And uh, I always thought Brother Frankie was kind of the wild man around here. But I've been hanging out with Brother Joe today. And just in a few short hours, we went so far back up in the mountains, if something were to happen to you, now nothing would ever happen to you up there, but if anything did, they'd never find you. And we skinned a rattlesnake today. And if we'd have stayed around long enough, we'd have eat a rattlesnake today and made us a pair of boots. So Brother Frankie, he's got one up on you. He's got that suit and tie on, 
and he's got that, he's well-dressed, and his wife, and don't let him fool you. He's an old mountain man. He really is. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all y'all. We're going to start off with a song featuring the boys on the bluegrass instruments, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms.
I'm so glad for the salvation of the Lord that came real to me at a young age and uh, glad for the opportunity I've had to serve in this far in my life. And I plan on finishing well. Some things I've learned in life, and I guess we all have to learn from the time that we're saved till now, until the Lord comes, we learn it's not all about us. But it's about how much glory that we can bring to Him. And not everybody's called to do the same thing as far as the parts of the body or the offices in the church, but everybody's called to bring glory to our Father which is in heaven. We want to give Him the glory as much as we can wherever we go. Y'all pray for us as we travel. We'll always bring God glory. That's our desire.
God deserves all the glory. I don't want to take any of that that wouldn't dare take any of that that belongs to God. I'd be afraid to. There's a story in the Bible about three Hebrew children that you're all familiar with that stood up against an old wicked king and had to go down to a fiery furnace because of what they stood for. I had a lot of good preaching growing up, and I'll just share a little bit. I'll just give you the topic of the message. I ain't got time to give you the whole message, but my preachers told me, said, young man, young woman, make up your mind right now where you're going to stand before they light the fire, before the king builds the image. Before the evil day comes, make up your mind right now who God is. Make up your mind where you're standing. And I tell you, God doesn't change, and you shouldn't either. Amen? Get your mind made up that you're going to serve the Lord, come what may. The devil has a thousand tricks out there. And I'll be honest with you, I thought I had my mind made up on everything. And I've learned as I went through life, there's some new tricks that I hadn't planned on and didn't see before. I, I didn't see that one coming. I tell you, the very minute I recognize it's the devil working in that, I know where I stand. I'm going to stand with God. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We preached for a long time, Brother Dean. I am the way. Boy, we've exhausted that subject. There is no other way to heaven other than Jesus. And that's the absolute truth. But the same verse that says he is the way also says he is the truth. And the life. So I'm going, to, I'm going to add to what the preachers have said and say there is no other truth except Jesus. There is no other life except Jesus. If we're outside of Jesus, we not only do we not know the way, we don't know the truth and we don't know life. But I thank God he's all three of those. And I tell you, when we get wrapped up in Jesus, we'll get wrapped up in the way and the truth and the life. The world will hate us. But I tell you what, we can bring God glory by taking a stand. Listen to the words of a song, I will stand. I see a nation on the brink. I see a people prone to think that truth is like an ocean wave changing with the tide. But for me, there has to be an absolute, a center line, and it's the word of God eternal. The cornerstone of Christ. I will stand upon the truth of Jesus. He's the reason I'm alive. So how can I not live to make him known? I will give my all and make it count with no shadow. This world they keep on saying wrong is right in the face of unbelief for those who mock and criticize I will not back down or waver no I will be alive I will stand 
up with this song here tonight. It's been good to be with y'all. This is a new song about the old-fashioned way. Amen. They say times are changing, so we should change too. Trade our old-time religion for something new. Our faith is outdated while living the past. Well, my answer is simple. So if you ask, I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost as passion was fastened by nails to a cross. And I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones parade and find what is found in no other way. It may be old fashioned, but it's real. See. So I'll say it brought us this far it saved countless millions and it reached hardened hearts and though times are changing and forever will there'll still be one savior one calvary's saints start to sing songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones parade and find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's 
Somebody asked me not too long ago, they said, you reckon you'll ever change? I said, I'd make a mess out of it if I did. I've been this way for so long, I'd make a mess out of trying to change this far into it. I'm just going to go ahead and stick with the old Bible, amen? Amen. We're blessed tonight to have Brother Dean McNeese. Brother Dean, good friend, good preacher. He, he just good. Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Thank the Lord. I thank God for this first week of meeting. I'm looking forward to the second week of meeting. I've got to go to Mississippi uh, next weekend, but Brother Tony Finney will be here, a prince of a Christian prince of a preacher. One of the greatest we have, I believe, in South Carolina. And I'm, uh, I have a meeting scheduled that following week, but I'm praying for a third week. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I bless the Lord. Thank God. Brother Hunt, we love you. Flock. Thank God for the flock. The only reason there's such a thing as preachers is because God loves his people. The Lord has never looked down and said, boy, that is such a preacher. I'm going to give him a people. But God did look down and say, those are my people. And I'm going to give them a preacher. Brother Hunt, I'm not rebuking you. But, but boy, howdy, independent Baptist. And I am one, deliberately. But with that pastoral authority, fellers who holler about it don't know what it is. ain't authority to beat you up. It's authority to beat up everything trying to beat you up. <laughs> I ain't interested in coming in your living room and making decisions for you. When I pastored, I let everybody mind their own business. I did. And as an evangelist, you'd think 
I got an awful bark and a pretty mean bite. I just don't have to bite much. But I stay at it. I'm in the pulpit. It's about the Word of God. I stay out of people's business. But there's authority. Now, if God throws me up in your grill, I'll be deeper in your business than you're in your business. And Brother Hunt, we know when the Lord does that. We know when the Lord does that. And he only does that when he's trying to save somebody or salvage somebody. <laughs> that authority is for the benefit of the sheep because there's some bad things that come up in that pasture trying to kill sheep. And there's got to be somebody in that pasture with enough authority to beat hell back. I bless the Lord. Thank the Lord. So flock, it is our honor and joy to serve you, to serve these tables. We serve the tables. We got deacons to serve the physical tables. We got preachers to serve the spiritual tables. And I hope I fed you in my part. Amen. To the ages, I want to tell you, uh, been an honor to be around you. I've had my own personal revival. Good the Lord letting y'all sing every night to us. That's the truth. It's done something for me just amazing every night. And uh, only evangelists know how evangelists live. I thought when I pastored, and preached out some that I knew, but there was a home and a salary and a base. Only evangelists, full-time, full-blown evangelists, know how other evangelists live. And we don't have birthdays, and we don't have Saturdays, and we don't have family days, and we don't make the reunion days or the holidays. This family's here on a Friday night with y'all. They're not in their world, they're in your world. And they've been doing it so long, they don't even have a their world. Their world is your world. <laughs> and it's much appreciated by the Lord. <laughs> I understand the A.G. family has a vacation planned. Going to get a lot of rest, have a lot of reunions. A lot of family days. It's going to be a thousand years. I understand. I heard that there, uh, somebody paid the whole thing for them. Me and Jennifer and Preston Clunkin were going to the same place. Same person paid the same price. I bless the Lord. Amen. It's been a joy. I told the young ladies last night, spoke to them over here, and then I prayed for the two boys. I thank God for your family.
My brother Jason, boy, he just loved you and bragged on you. I thought he was lying. He's bad to lie like that about a lot of stuff. I thought he was lying, but uh, and he was right. They're precious people of God. And man, you just, we've been sat in his presence. Good to see uh, two young people so precious to me, Jesse and Alexis. And uh, I've preached so many years for their pastor and uh, their families. And good to see them tonight come up from Greenwood. I gave Jesse there a Billy Sunday postcard one year at our teen camp. And uh, it's how Billy Sunday used to promote his meetings He'd make postcards with the pictures of his tabernacles. And you know them wooden tabernacles, uh, they'd seat up to 10,000 and sometimes more. He'd build one tabernacle for a place and only use it once and never go back. I think it was the old Wolfson Auditorium downtown Chattanooga was a Billy Sunday tabernacle. You do a little research of course, he went out to the northwest and he fought, fought the liquor, the prohibition preacher. But uh, a man up in Spartanburg gave me, a, a wealthy man, gave me a, an original Billy Sunday postcard and uh, one of them tabernacles. And I gave it to Jesse a few years ago. He's a precious young preacher. His mother was named Sunday. Because Billy Sunday stayed in their home when she was a wee little girl, their grandparents. <laughs> and I felt led to give that to Jesse. He's a great young preacher. And Alexis, she's so precious to me and uh, her family. Boy, howdy. Hadn't the Lord just been good to us? I bless the Lord. Y'all think I can get them two points in tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Try it all week. Go to uh, go to Genesis 38. We'll get right in it. <clears throat> I left the parking lot last night and drove to uh, near the Chattanooga. I got there in the wee hours early morning, probably about one, and uh, then got up at. Uh, Went to sleep about 3 and got up at 7, and then we drove our family. We drove Preston back to his second year of Bible college in Knoxville at Crown College and spent the day putting him in there. And then sometime about 2.30, I cranked up and headed over the mountains, come through Asheville, and it rained through them smoky, that 40 miles of curves. It rained on me. And... Uh, Got back here a little while ago in time for a, a short nap and a hot shower. That's all a Baptist preacher needs, a short nap and a hot shower. And uh, keep your carrot juice. I'll be drinking coffee. <laughs> I've read Leviticus, and I left it in the Old Testament. Amen. <laughs> I like that net got dropped on Peter. Just eat it all, son. But... Uh, had a wonderful day with our family and the Lord. My son has chosen to serve the Lord. And it's been remarkable what God's done in his life. And I 
two daughters are more mature than I am. <laughs> Which is you know, not a real high water mark there, but they're, they're dedicated to God. They love their mother. They love their daddy. And uh, young people, uh, you don't have much to do except children obey your parents in the Lord. about the only commandment in your life that matters much. It'll be well, and then when you get too old till you're not a child, then you honor your father and mother. It shall be well with thee. Thou shalt live long on the earth. So I was talking to my father out there in the parking lot, talking to my dad when I pulled up. And uh, spent the day with my son. The way God's just been good to us. And I bless the Lord. Thank God. Well, Genesis. Our Father, I'm thanking you. Lord, breathe on us for a little while. Take us right into the meat of the Word of God. Lord, I don't, I know nothing by myself. You have to touch me. And anoint me to teach and preach the Holy Scriptures. And Lord, we're not here to learn life lessons. God, we're here to look at Jesus. Father, we'll thank you for loving us in Christ's name. And all the Lord's people say it. Amen. Amen. Okay. I had some things in mind to do with praise this week. And I didn't do them, but, you know, we're praying for that third week. <laughs> <laughs> not dropping no hints or nothing to my friend over there. Uh, no, I, and I'm really not. It, whatever the Lord tells him. But, uh, oh, my, I just don't know how we're going to quit. So we got in this business. I took a look at the first of the week and was amazed to find there's only two mentions of praise in the book of Genesis. Of course, on a side note, almost every night I've been happy about that first mention of joy. <laughs> Leave me alone. And, uh, uh, and, and both of these had to do with Judah. I called three theologian friends of mine when Judah was born. There's a first mention of praise at the end of Genesis 29. And then at the end of his life when the father was judging the sons. There was the mention of praise with Judah. And uh, I'll slip this in in case I don't get there. I love that Revelation 5. Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book and loose the seals thereof. Amen. Now, my homiletic teacher in seminary would kill me hearing me preach. <laughs> Do you have any points? I got all kinds of them. I'm like a porcupine. I throw them everywhere, man. There's, there's points everywhere. <laughs> but uh, for the sake of your notes, I, I actually did have this in some sort of structure in my head. There are four B's in Genesis 29. Praise is associated with the birth. We're fixing to read in Genesis 38. We reached out and got that scarlet thread. Uh, praise is associated with the blood. And then uh, 
third part over there uh, in that Genesis 49. Praise is brought up in the, at the Bema seat, that judgment for the sons. And then over there in Revelation 5, that line of the tribe of Judah, they said, worthy is the lamb. It's associated with a little book, that seven-sealed book in Revelation 5. I called three of my uh, scholarly theological friends to find out what I believed about that. <laughs> I needed to know what I believed <laughs> about Revelation. And somebody said, well, tell me what you believe about the book of Revelation. Well, whatever the last book I just read on it, we're going with that guy. <laughs> Until the next book comes out, then I'll believe that. Oh, the book of Revelation. Aren't you glad he didn't say that you had to understand it? Just read it. Blessed is he that readeth and heareth. Didn't say you had to understand it. You just need to stand under it. Because when the world's on fire, it won't be an understanding, but it'll be what you're standing under. You ain't got to understand the gospel, but you better stand under the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's the little book over there. But anyhow, tonight, I'm interested in, uh, do you have a finger right there in Genesis 38? And look at these two little fellows, Judah. My, what a story that we have here, Judah. And, uh, oh, pastor, I, mm, this book is not near as, as nicety and courteous as you think it is, this book is pretty brutal in its honesty. As the old Bible teacher I listened to many years said, this book ain't near as religious as y'all. This book starts out with a man and a woman in a garden eating fruit and realizing they're naked. Well, that ain't no religious story. Come on now. And then one brother got saved and the other brother killed him for it. Come on now. I mean, you're going to deal with some heavy-duty stuff. And, 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 and here Judah, we need to be thinking about that lineage, the seed of Messiah, the Messiah, the Messianic line. And Judah, the tribe from which Jesus would come. Well, we have some issues over here with that seed. And uh, Judah, his wife had died, and there was all kind of family issues. And I'm in Genesis 38. And uh, bear a son, verse 3, heir. And uh, verse 4, she conceived again, bare son Onan, bare yet again the son Shelah. And Judah took a wife for Er, whose name was Tamar. And Er, I'm in verse 7, Judah's firstborn was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. Now, he never had a child with his wife. And... Uh, I'm not certain of what I'm fixing to say, but he never had a child with his wife, and the Lord had him in line to have, to have the babies 
to bring forth eventually Jesus in the world out of this line. And a a, a preacher that I trust suggested that this boy could have been a sodomite. He was wicked in the sight of the Lord. Never had a child, and I'm... There may or may not be a connection there. But you do your word study and go back to the first mention of sinners. Genesis, I'm not turning there, 13, 13. You know, if you lined up with too many 13s, you probably need to move out off that floor of the motel. A lot of motels won't have a 13th floor. In these high-rise cities, there's not a 13th floor. In Genesis 13... 13 is the first mention in your Bible of the word sinners. And the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly. Same word, wicked. So I'm not saying it's so, but I'm saying it's very possible that he would not carry that seed on. And then I'm not going to get into all, and by the way, Genesis 13, 13, first mention of sinners in the Bible, first mention of Sodom in the Bible, and guess how many words is in 13, 13? 13. There's 13 words in Genesis 13, 13. 666 is the mark of the beast, and 6 is the number of man. 13 is the number of the Antichrist. And you, you run that through your Bible. We're not going to take time to pursue that, but you go study your biblical numerology, and, uh, which is not always concrete. It's a little fluid, but those numbers, some of them are very strong in their significance. And what about that, Pastor? 13, 13, 13. And I don't think you can get any lower Oh, Pastor, I'm sorry. We're in heavy material. Lord's pushing me. That's why me and you's probably at the end. The last time that kind of business overrun the earth, God had to clean it up with a flood. I need a little help. And he's fixing to do it with fire. Pastor, this is heavy material. I will keep in mind there's children here. I'll keep that in mind. This monkeypox that they're trying to scare us with. Lord, give me good wisdom with my tongue right here. This monkeypox is, is only in, there's been about 6,000 cases recently spring up, and I'm not going to talk about where it came from and, and what animals it came from and what part of the world it came from. But... Uh, it's only in your inner cities, and it's breaking out in San Francisco and New York City where the men are with men. And pastor, my soul, and the Bible mentions bestiality. <laughs> and also, I'll just say this to you, that... Me and you are living in an hour, the days, the days of Noah. That's when angels were coming down and sleeping with, with 
women there in Genesis 6 and the days of Lot, men were trying to sleep with angels. Them two angels showed up down there at Lot. Boy, I didn't know he was going to go in heavy. Them two angels went down there at Lot, and the Bible called them men and angels interchangeably. There ain't no such thing as a blonde-haired, two-winged woman angel. There ain't no such thing as a blonde-haired, two-winged female angel. You won't find it in the Bible. Closest thing you'll find is them two women flying through the air carrying that woman in Zechariah 5. They had two witnesses standing in Zechariah 4 and then they two witches flying the harlot back to the land of Shinar, to the Tower of Babel where her base is. That's the only flying women you see and, I, and, and it's in the mention there with a stork. And the stork comes out there in Jeremiah. The only mention is the context is in the heart of the tribulation. There will be two witnesses on the earth and two witches in the air. Y'all right. ain't helping me. Be real careful. Don't get your demonology and angelology. I'm not sure that's a word, but it sounded like it ought to be a word. Your demonology and angelology. Don't get it from the Roman Catholics. And I ain't getting none of my holidays from the Roman Catholics except Christmas. I ain't giving it up. I've made it a Christian holiday. I've made it a Christian holiday. And I'm receiving presents all month of December and on into January if you don't get to see me. Hallelujah. Okay. Didn't know we were going to jump over in all this. But there you go. 13, 13, 13. Six, six, six. Well, what's the Lord going to do about that? Let's listen into heaven for a minute. Holy, holy, holy. Yeah. He's got an answer. Yeah. Amen. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He carried him three up on the mount. Yeah. He had him an answer. Yeah. Anyhow. I have way too much of a good time here. Teaching the Bible ought not be this much fun. <laughs> Dear time. The only reason I colored in songbooks when I was a boy is y'all were boring. That's the only reason. I don't blame church kids for all that. Oh, my. Well, okay. Come back over here. Oh, yeah, we're in verse 7. That's where y'all ran that rabbit. And Er, I just chased y'all. Y'all were the one took off running. Judah's firstborn was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. Read the book of Revelation and see how many people God's going to kill. Mm. Mm. You might want to take down all the images in your house and in your church. Uh, I hadn't looked around. I don't know if you got any. Now I'm scared to look. You don't want to have no images. This long hair and white skin, wearing a white bedrobe, little Jesus. Y'all you, know that painting of Jesus came from the French Renaissance? Yep. Only good thing the French ever gave us was fries and French toast and, well, French's mustard. Okay, several things. I drink crap. But, brother... 
when Jesus gets here, he's not going to be some little lily-fingered sissy floating around, hair prettier than most of, the, most of the women in the church. Always scared me when a man's hair is prettier than his wife's. If it is and you can't help it, shave your head, dear time. The, the woman's hair is the glory. The, the, the Christ is the glory of man. And man's the glory of woman. And, and the man was created to reflect glory onto God. And God made the woman to be the glory of man. She's supposed to be pretty. You ain't. Yeah. Hey, Brother A.G., you've been around a while. We got some old timers. Been around here a while. And uh, did you ever notice if a good-looking boy ever does get called to preach, God makes him ugly within about 10 years? That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. There ain't never been no man of God stayed pretty. Most of them didn't start pretty. Me and you got no issues with this, Brother Hunt. We just right in there together. You ever get a good-looking, suave, debonair fella? A real man of God in about seven years, he'll come dragging in, look like something's half killed him. <laughs> Amen! That's right. He was wicked, and the Lord slew him. Okay? Now, Judah said, I'm in verse 8, Judah said unto Owen, and go unto thy brother's wife, marry her, raise up the seed thy brother. In verse 9, and Onan knew that the seed should not be hidden, and, and it came to pass, and he went into his brother. He spilled it on the ground, lest that he should get seed to his brother. And the thing which he did displeased the Lord, wherefore he slew him also. I don't know how to tell you this. It's dangerous belonging to God. My daddy taught me that, Brother Joe. My daddy taught me that, Brother Harry. My daddy said, to us boys. He said the most dangerous place in the world to be is on the altars. Tonight, Brother Hunt, God come quicker to killing somebody on these altars than he would any bar in Greenfield. They're going to end up dying and going to hell anyway. Apart from the grace of God intervening. You're more liable to get killed. Yeah. Cutting up and carrying on. <laughs> I know that I'm real in church, and I don't mind real humor. I don't, we don't need silliness or foolishness. But real humor, a merry heart does good like a medicine. And when God touches me with that, for people to laugh, there's a healing in that. And, you know, sometimes the Lord uses you that way, and people will laugh, and there's a healing. But it ought not, never be silly or foolish. And I'm willing to be real. But that's all I'm willing to be. Very sincere before the Lord. God will come quicker to striking me down on these altars than he would anywhere out there. The heathen out there in their, in their paganism are liable to live out their lives to some degree and die of something or another. God, like brother, this is no place. The two sons of Aaron, 
offered that strange fire, and God killed them boys. Just like that. Wasn't they the high priest's sons? They sure was. And they killed them just like that. Implication was they were drunk because of the things that were said right after that. They came in there drunk, and they brought something in from the outside. And I'm not trying to get a rise out of you. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm not trying to hear me. This, my generation below me is going contemporary. And for reasons we could go into, they've lost the Holy Ghost and the fire. And they have to fabricate and manufacture something. And they do it through sensual music. Okay, but I'm going to show you a little something. About all of them, high. Their own, their own stuff that they shouldn't be on. And half of it's legal. And you shouldn't be doped up either. Legitimate medicine for legitimate sickness, God gave us. Legitimate medicine for legitimate sickness. I'm going to say this, not go much deeper. The devil ain't going to stop until our generation is absolutely numb and doped up and trapped inside their self. Yes, sir. And it's one reason they have to have that the pounding of that music, the rhythm of that music, the soothing of that. They've got to have that. Because they're trapped inside that numbness that all that medication gives them. And there's a few devils slipped in there with them, and they're trapped inside there. <laughs> and I'm not here to kick them around. I'd be in the worst mess than any of them if God hadn't cut the hell out of my life, boy. He... I don't want to go into my story tonight, but I was, oh. I was going to hell fast, and so heaven came fast. And I got real close to one before the other got real close to me. You hear me? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people come out of surgery and got put on pain medicine and became a helpless dope addict, and they didn't mean to. They're not trying to live in sin. Wasn't trying to live in sin. I'm not, to, listen, please hear me. God killed the two sons of Aaron. And you go back and read it, and I believe they were drunk. And this generation in this contemporary movement, the reason they'll seek it and look for it and get all in a big way is most of them's own something. Did you ever notice the command to be filled with the Spirit? It's all about control. The old men of God taught you and taught me. Some of them old men of God were the same men that taught you and me. And the men they taught, taught me and you. That the greatest opposition to the Spirit-filled life is not sin. It's self. 
And the only reason sin is having its way in you is because you ain't bowed to self. The only reason sin can control you is because you ain't let God control you. And that's what Joe Parsons says, self. The key to the spirit-filled life is crucifying self. And it's about who's going to control, who's going to sit on the throne. And your, your primary problem ain't sin, it's self. Because every one of us have a problem with that old nature. <laughs> but if you'll haul that old self in there and throw him before God and tell the Lord, kill me if you need to. Stomp me if you need to. Had a little conversation with my children this morning about pride. <laughs> It'll kill every, each and every one of the individuals. It'll kill you. And if you think it ain't in children, it's in children and it's in teenagers. And, and, it, and it's in adults more than it's in anybody. I ain't, don't bring me in to preach a youth rally. I am the worst. I, I, don't, I, I just love all the young people. They bring me in. I got nothing to say to them except sorry about your church and your parents. <laughs> and then I turn around and preach to the church and the parents and scream for an hour on y'all are the only reason they got issues. <laughs> I ain't never been a good youth meeting preacher because I ain't never thought the youth was the problem. It's a bunch of pastors afraid to have church. And so the Baptist churches ain't got nothing more, much a different religion than a Roman Catholic outfit. I'm as mad about it now as I was 40 years ago. Come preach a youth meeting. Okay. <laughs> Please invite the adults. Okay, the verse in Ephesians. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Excess of what? If something else is controlling you, then a lot of other things are going to take over you. There's the excess. I tell you this, there'll be an excess of sin. There'll be an excess of devils. There'll be an excess of tragedies. But isn't that something that's in that one verse? Be not drunk. They can't something else have the influence over you and then you be filled with the Spirit of God where He has the influence over you. And y'all, there's a be not before there's a be filled. And nobody wants their preacher to be negative. I'm sorry, you got an old before you got a new. And the old, borrow your Bibles, friend. Okay, there's Matthew. Look how thick the old is. Look how narrow the new is. It's two-thirds. Two-thirds. You don't know why? Two-thirds of you is messed up. Your body, soul, and spirit. The spirit is your core, your heart. When God saves you, that's what he revives. He inflates it. I almost be willing to go, sorry, he creates one in you, but I'll, I'll just go, I'll stick with inflate. Your spirit's dead. When God saves you, that's where he moves in, your spirit. And then right outside, that's your soul. Your spirit is where God lives, and your soul's where you live. And you ain't doing so hot. Not me nor you. 
my soul where Dean operates, Dean has fear. So God, God in my spirit has to have faith. Dean has anger in my soul, but in my spirit God has to give peace. Dean has covetousness. God has to have contentment. Dean doesn't want to go to church, but thank God inside the Lord wants to go to church. Greater is he that is in you than you that is in you. And greater is he that is inner you than you're in you. You're in you, but he's more inner in you. He's in your spirit. The reason you got two-thirds that shout not because two-thirds of you needs to not. I almost need an interpreter, don't I? Sorry. Your body and your soul's wicked. Your spirit, if you're not saved, you don't even have one. You're a two-fold creature walking around in complete darkness and complete damnation. But when he saves you, that spirit in you. And I'd like to say this to you. All of God moves in your spirit when he saves you. All of God moves in all of your spirit. And there ain't a little, there ain't a little low centimeter part of it that he ain't in. And then that spiritual circumcision is a separating, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper and piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The old man's in your soul, the new man's in your spirit. You, the saved you, and the Lord are living in your spirit and he has cut the spirit loose from the soul and the body. You're in there but you ain't attached to you no more. I'm going to say it like this. You've been cut loose. You just ain't been let out yet. Do you know what? Remember the nights you got saved or one of them glorious nights when the Lord and you floated? You just knew you floated. That was your spirit. Last night, so high, I knew the Lord wanted us to get in the Word tonight. Last night, so high, and we floated. I was driving into Georgia after midnight before I've come down off that meeting a little bit. <laughs> Woo! I had a Billy Sunday D.L. Moody Crusade revival in that Yukon out there. Didn't land till I got to Georgia. And then that one-hour traffic jam brought me right on back down. There's <laughs> farm language everywhere. Not no ugly language, but farm language everywhere in my vehicle. <laughs> Dirt! <laughs> Things like that. And then when I took my little exit to bypass it and run into a bigger wreck. Oh, yeah. Oh. You've been, you've been cut loose. One reason is the Lord lives in there and he can't touch a dead body. He lives in there and cut himself loose from you. 
He lives inside you and ain't attached to you. That two-thirds, thou shalt not. Because two-thirds of you needs to not. But that one-third in you is full of Lord. Oh, my. Hallelujah. What are y'all talking about? We was over here in a verse somewhere. Okay. Preacher. They kept mistreating the seed. God kept judging Judah's boys because nobody was treating the seed right. Can I? God's killing them left and right. And Tamar slip down in this chapter I'm just going to trust you to go do your homework tonight if you need to God kept killing these boys and there kept being no babies and God and there kept being no babies because they it was their fault they mistreated the seed nobody treated the seeds as sacred as, as it was Tamar, the little Gentile gal, she was the only one that had enough sense. She knew Judah was on a trip. She slipped down there and set herself up on the side of the highway and disguised herself as a harlot of the area. Now, I want to stop and say, are y'all doing all right tonight? This is not a good thing if people that know you know you will pull over and pick up a prostitute. She knew he would. He was another one wasn't treating the seed as sacred. He was, he had the holy seed in him and would give it to prostitutes. Do y'all understand the mega church and the modern church and the contemporary church is taking the holy seed and taking the Holy Spirit and prostituting it out and throwing it everywhere just for pleasure and 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 to make money? The minute you turn singing into money-making, the minute you turn preaching into money-making, the minute you turn church into money-making, that's about the only thing you ever lost is temper over. I didn't say that right. Let me retract that. He didn't lose his temper. He deliberately turned it loose. I didn't say that right. He loosed his temper. He's never been out of control. John 8, I think, is right there in the same little neighborhood where he kicked them, kicked them tables over, made a whip, premeditated. He's planning on being angry. Y'all ain't helping me. And kicked the tables over and with a whip drove out humans. Oh, where's this compassionate Jesus? You better watch out. He may have a whip in his hand today. 
And in the same context, John 8, for I do always those things that please him. It obviously pleased the Lord that he cleaned his house out. People making money at the Oh, pastor, we're in deep. Got a bunch of pimp preachers. Oh, Lord. It's Friday night. I guess we're having our own kind of party. (laughs) Obadiah. I've been reading Obadiah lately. I got upset the other day in a prophet sort of a way. Got upset about some things. In July, upset our generation. They accused me one time and several times. Well, you're just jealous. I said, No, I, yes, I am. I'm jealous over you (laughs) with a godly jealousy. Your pastor. Me and him looked at that one time several years ago. And he said he was jealous. And he said, I sure am. Jealous over you too. Alexis, you know how special you are to me and my family. You're a little girl. What all you went through, these people don't know. First with your mom and then with the other. And you's who I'm fighting for. And look at you now with one of the finest young preachers in the Carolinas. <laughs> You've made it. And y'all would not believe what she's been through. You would not believe it, and I won't tell it. Tell it after church, maybe. And you're who were, you two young men. Well, they did good. Switching them instruments and go. And I told Ethan, I said, at this point, you're just showing off. <laughs> Me and Ethan both back here. We was about left and went to Waffle House. <laughs> Fourth time, they switched the instrument. I said, let's go, Ethan. This is enough. I can't, even, I can't play a harmonica wrong. <laughs> Me and Ethan nearly boycotted the Friday night singing because we were upset because we can't do none of that. You're who we're fighting for. For I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I fear (laughs) there's somebody coming with another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. And as the serpent beguiled Eve, oh, friend. So I got to talking about, I got to looking at Obadiah. One morning the Lord said, go look at Obadiah. I looked at Obadiah. It's the Edomites. Y'all know who that was. That's Esau. Hebrews said he was the profane fornicating brother. Not brother. I, I didn't say that. He is that profane fornicating person. And he stood and mocked his spiritual brother Jacob on the day that Jacob was being marched out under some form of judgment with Nebuchadnezzar. I read Obadiah. God said, because you took the other side when your brother was marching out, being marched out. 
I'm real worried about people that's brothers, but they're on the other side. And said, though thou make thy nest among the stars, I'm bringing you down. Got to be real careful in this hour because there's cameras everywhere and you can be a star if you want to be. You can be a star. I told these older agey young ladies last night, I know you're here because you've made hard choices and you've made holy choices. And I appreciate it on behalf of the Lord. We all appreciate it. At their age, they do not have to be doing what they're doing. But they've made choices. In an hour when all the other young ladies can't resist the camera. And if a hundred people ain't taking their picture, they're taking a hundred pictures of themselves. I need a little help. And I told them last night. <laughs> I just like handing out roses when there ain't a casket in the room. I really do. I like to say it to somebody's face. <laughs> How come somebody can't be a hero till they've been dead 200 years? That's their little Fanny Crosby's at the end of your pew. <laughs> you ought to thank God. I know you do, sis. <laughs> it's an hour that you can make your nest among the stars. Go ahead and be one of the stars. So I got to looking up. I pulled about 10 preachers off my shelf see what they had to say about Obadiah. The first one said he's a, he's a male prostitute. Not physically, but spiritually. He said he's a profane fornicator and he traded his spiritual birthright, sold it for a bowl of flesh. He said he's a male prostitute. Why do you think there's such an effeminate spirit on the contemporary bowl? It's drag queen hour. And I'm afraid a bunch of them's in the pulpit. Mm. Mm. That thing about a real man of God, he won't be no pretty boy. If he, and if he happens to be cursed with good looks, they'll be gone in a little while. I've never had to worry about that. I told Jennifer I was pretty. She act like she, I knew she didn't believe me, but she said she did. <laughs> How they're treating the seed. Y'all still with me? Yes, Y'all enjoying this Bible study? Yes, sir. Tamar slipped down the road, set herself up as a harlot, sat on the side of the road, and I'm making the story simple for everybody, the children. And then he took her and lay with her as a man with his wife does. He lay with her. And God honored her. God helped her. She was not being wicked. She's the only, you go study this chapter on your own. Make your own conclusion. She's the only one in the story that treated the seed right. She's the only one. She, this was a strategy. For the right thing to happen. The right thing was not happening. What God wanted to happen was not happening. And she made the right thing happen. Oh, it was in a wrong way. 
But she couldn't help that. What about this? Every, watch this now. What about all them Jews? All them sons of Jew, duh. And nobody treated the seed right, and God had to bring a Gentile bride in. Did you get it? Did you just get the typology? All the seeds of the Jews, they mistreated the whole, all the sons of Jude. They rejected the Bible, and they're the ones that wrote it. They rejected Jesus, and he came from them. Y'all ain't helping me. God had to put a veil on them for 2,000 years now. And it was a Gentile bride that took and embraced the seed. Is anybody with me? Yeah, That's a real ugly story. Truth is, probably so is ours. So is yours. Yours ain't as pretty as you acting like. Well, that's an uncomfortable, ugly story. Uh-huh. If you knew his Jesse story, if you knew Alexis, if you knew my daddy's, if you knew mine. So ugly, we just want to cover some of them chapters. It's a shame to speak of these things, what you're done. But God spoke of it right here. Needed us to see it. Woo! Now, there's two boys conceived out of that. I want you to look at it. Look at me, finally getting to it. Been heading here all blessed week. I'm fixing to sign my own Bible. I forgot that just to remember the occasion. Finally got there. Wow! Verse 24. We're going to work it down to 30. I got my little pocket watch. I'm being mindful. Not really. I have my pocket watch, but I'm not being mindful. And I'm not going to be. People who did not want to be in church did not come. People who want to be here are here, and they ain't interested in us shutting down. I need every preacher across America to quit apologizing to the people that didn't even come. I'm sorry. I'll get y'all out of here. Why? They're the ones that got in here. Why would I get you out? You got in. Oh, first 100 years of the millennial reign, I want to go hit most preachers in the head with, with something. Just first 100 years. I'm in verse 24. And it came to pass about three months after it was told, Judah said, Tamar, thy daughter-in-law, played the heart, and all behold, she was child by whoredom. And Judah said, watch this, bring her forth and let her be burnt. Yeah. <laughs> Till he found out it was his. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he didn't want nobody to be burnt. David said, I can't believe a man would do that to a poor man with two little ewe lambs. Kill him! Y'all looking at me? Here came the finger. <laughs> Thou art the man. No more talk about killing. 
And Judah said, burn that Gentile bride. Burn her. Burn her. Burn that harlot. Well, you ain't heard the whole story yet, Mr. Judah. And right here I can hear the Jews saying, crucify him. The Jews does. You know how close Judah is to Judas? It's just a menace. The the ha is the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Their H sound. It's the fifth letter, and it's just the breath of God. It's it's grace. Remember, he used to be Abram until God breathed on him and made him Abraham. It was H. Y'all ain't helping me. Sarai was Sarai with the I. Sarai means one who manipulates. But God took the I out of her and said, and she became Sarah. And he's so close to being the Judas that he was a Judah. Do y'all know God had great? Do you know Judah's going to have his name in the gates and in the, tr- in the foundation, even though he acted like this? He was God's chosen man. God ain't never found anybody that was worth using. He just found us. And me and you's over there hollering, burn them with fire, burn them with fire, burn. Oh, God. Thank you for not burning me with fire. (laughs) Brother Hunt, I promise you something. There's a lot of things wrong with me, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. I mean, unless you take me to Waffle House and get me about three waffles in deep and one bowl of chili, I'll tell anything. I'll tell stuff that I can remember things that didn't even happen. Just come down here. What old Earl Houston said, that fella there, he can remember things that didn't even happen. <laughs> oh, but burn it with fire! Men of God, I've had a lot of faults and some failures, but I've never, I've never had a problem judging anybody. It don't, even, it don't even run through my mind or my heart. I never go into a place and look at someone. I'm never in, out somewhere and see someone. And the reason was I ran into my own sin so early and was taken up with it for a decade, amazed that God ain't killed me. And it wasn't, I was in some sin, but not deep sin. But I seen how deep sin was in me, and I really saw it. Brother A.D., I saw it. God, let me see it. I don't want to be sensational, but it's so many. Preacher's kid in the back of a, twice, before I was 14. I mean, running a hard day. <laughs> 
I can't, I can't even tell you half. And he let me see me before he let me see anybody else. <laughs> and I ain't never walked in a service and thought, what's wrong with him? And who's that guy? And what, oh, that woman. Uh, I just don't. It's not even something I try. I'm just amazed that I'm in church. I'm amazed that he let you in the family. He let me in the family. He, had, he didn't burn me with fire. And I really never had struggled with that at all. The only problem I've ever had with Phariseeism is wanting to hit some of them upside the head for being such a Pharisee. It's burner with fire. But he found out it was him. Look what, verse 26. You reckon the Jews are going to say this about the church one day? And Judah, oh, preacher. Verse 26, are y'all looking at it? This is where his life turned around. <laughs> What's the big word there, son? And Judah acknowledged. He done a King David instead of a King Saul. I have sinned. Y'all ain't helping me. Are y'all seeing it? Chapter 38, verse 26. And Judah acknowledged them. How you think he got over there to that judgment seat and his daddy praised him? After he had sold Joseph into slavery. After he had done this with harlots, he acknowledged, that's me, that's mine, I'm guilty, I did it. That's how you get saved. And if you're saved, that's how you get right. Just one little word, acknowledged. The old timers that raised us, Brother Hunt, the old preachers, you know what they call it when somebody needs to come before the church? They call it making acknowledgments. Got to come, our brother's going to come. He, he wants to make acknowledgments before the church. They didn't call it apologies because I don't think that word's in the Bible. They called it acknowledgments. Y'all ain't helping me. Watch this, I'm about to run and said, she. <laughs> That's how you get right. She has been more righteous than I. Now, I had some, hey, hey, some of y'all scratching your head a while ago. She played the harlot. Brother Dean said she's a holy good woman. Yeah. She never was a harlot. She was a desperate woman to do the will of God. She's the only one in the whole blessed chapter that wanted to preserve the seed. And Judas told it right. She hath been more righteous than I. And that was right. He wasn't wrong about that. She's been more righteous than I. Because that I gave her not to Sheila, my son. And he knew her, and he knew her again no more. The woman caught in adultery. Neither do I condemn thee. 
go and sin no more. Judah knew her again no more. It's where things start turning around for him. I'm about to eat the offering plate and run to, run to Greenville. Slap three people that don't know how to vote and ten people that enjoy gossip too much. I mean, if I have to hear it, I'm not going to enjoy it. Huh? Near again, no more. Okay. Wow. And it came to pass. In the time of her travail, that behold, twins were in her womb. <laughs> well, there's a lot of these twins. There's a Cain and an Abel. There's a Jacob and an Esau. Ooh. Okay, I need everybody. Hey, hey, Matthew 1. Quick, hurry, fast. Matthew 1, hurry. Where y'all at? Get over there. Yeah. Matthew 1. Yeah. And keep a finger in Genesis 38. Matthew 1. I'm... Okay. Matthew 1. Keep a finger in both. I'm going back to the other one in seven seconds. Matthew 1. The book. Yeah. <laughs> of the generation. Of what's these big names? This first one's the name above every name, Jesus Christ. The son of David, there's their king, son of Abraham, there's their father. Romans 4, called Paul called Abraham father five times. Look at these big names. Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judah. And his brethren. Mm, big names. Big names. Big names. Hmm. Okay, you got a finger on verse 3? Okay. Big names in this family tree. So run back to Genesis. Hurry. Hurry, y'all. Where y'all at? Genesis 38, verse 27. I'm going to be reading. And behold, that, that behold, twins were in her womb. And it came to pass when she travailed that God killed both babies because of the terrible mess. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my ESV. I thought this was the early service. Let me, let me try again. And it came to pass when she travailed that God said, I'm sick and tired of you sinners acting like this. And we're done with it. We're going to abort this. We're going to abort the mission. I'm going to, go to a, I'm going to create another earth somewhere. I'm just going to do this with angels. Sick of you humans. No, that was good news for modern man. Let's try again. It came to pass when she travailed. <laughs> the one put out his hand. These two little fellas in here born in the most horrible of circumstances. And a little hand reached out. Do y'all remember when your little hand reached out? We're in a mess in here. We only knew where we come from. 
You only know how close we was to being burnt in fire. <laughs> Reach a little hand there. <laughs> and the midwife in charge of the birth, huh, typology, Brother Ohio, wonder reckon who this could be, the midwife and the, oh, the Holy Spirit maybe, the one that oversees the birth, the midwife. Here comes blood covenant. Took a scarlet thread. Huh, I've seen that before in the Bible. I've seen that before in the Holy Biblios. Oh, and it was a harlot. <laughs> it was an actual harlot. <laughs> it was an actual harlot named Rahab. But two men knocked on her door one night and said, uh, we're not after you, but our king's coming in a little while. <laughs> she believed them. She received them. She deceived them. And she conceived him. This is a 53-year-old taking a lap. I used to, what? Now, gout, blood pressure, diabetics, and old friends, and I just, that's my laps, that was my lap. Rahab the harlot said, she let them out by a scarlet cord. They got out. I'm going to say something. Y'all better act religious. I'm in soul choir religious. It was a scarlet cord that got them two spies, them two soldiers, them two servants. It was a scarlet cord that got them out. It held. What do you think is going to get us out? The blood! They told her, it worked getting us out. It'll work getting you out. <laughs> Hung it out that door. So here's this scarlet thread, little old fella in there. I come from a bad place. We're so close to the fire. Reach his little hand out. And the midwife took a scarlet thread cord. What does it say? Bound upon his hand. Scarlet thread. The knot that she bound it as the covenant. Knotted it. With a figure eight, that's how you make a perfect knot. Covenant. Not going to go into all that. It's that covenant, Genesis 15. Abram, how can I know of a surety? Oh, if my spoken word wasn't enough, said the Lord, I'll give you my sworn word. Put him in a deep sleep, laid out five bloody sacrifices and a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. Passed between those pieces. <laughs> wonder who the smoking furnace was. God! Our God's a consuming fire. I uh, wonder what that burning lamp. Ooh, that would be oil on fire. I know. Holy Spirit. What's the five sacrifices, the bloody sacrifice? <laughs> That'd be the Son of God. And we're the only ones that believe that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know 
Because when we said, how can I know of a surety? He made a blood covenant for us. He said, here's how you can know. I'll, I'll swear by myself. He swore to himself. About himself, by himself. And he knew me and you as liars and would break any covenant. He just put us in a deep sleep and stuck us over there. And he swore to himself, by himself, with himself. Made a covenant with himself to save anybody that would come to him. Yeah. This is my sauntering lap. <laughs> this is, I have a sauntering lap. Anyway. Hallelujah. Okay. You reached out and got that scarlet cord. Do y'all remember when you reached out and the Holy Ghost wrapped you in the blood of Christ and tied a knot on it? He was firstborn. He was coming out first. Pull that hand back in. And aim though Fares, I believe it's Fares, breach because he broke out. If you don't see it this way, you can't go to Waffle House with me. Believe what you want to, but you <laughs> we're going to Waffle House. Because he broke out. Now watch this. I'll read it. Because the second born became the first born. <laughs> Where y'all at? Verse 28. Saying, this came out first. It came to pass as he drew back his hand. See, that first born's got to draw back so that second born can come out. Your first nature's got to get out of the way so that second born. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's the spirit to pull that soul back in. Anyway. Came to pass, as he drew back his hand, that behold, his brother came out. And she said, How hast thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee, therefore was his name called Pharaoh's. And afterward came out his brother. It had the scarlet thread upon his hand. Yeah, because it was the old firstborn sinner that got saved. And the second nature came out first, and the first one followed behind. Just so y'all know, when that trumpet sounds, he ain't leaving all this. He's taking it. He's calling up the saved me, and all this other stuff goes to it, and it gets changed in midair. Now, there they are. Go to Matthew 1. Look at this lineup. Look at this lineup. You got Jesus, David, and Abraham. You got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then there's Judah and his brethren. He wasn't the firstborn or the baby, but he's the only one that got mentioned. He was that fourthborn when his mama said, I'm going to praise the Lord now. And here's the only two fellows got mentioned together. All these others are just one at a time. Even several generations skipped. And Judas, they got Pharez and Zerah of Tamar. Huh? I'm about done. Guess the Lord wasn't ashamed of it. <laughs> put it in his book. He put it in his Jewish genealogy. Matthew's the Jewish genealogy. Luke is the Gentile genealogy. Luke begins with the one born last and works its all, the one born the latest and works its all the way back up to Adam, the son of God. Right here he starts with, he starts the other way around. 
Them Jews are coming at it from one angle, but us Gentiles coming at it from the other. 42 names in this genealogy because that's a Jewish number. And there's 77 over names in that Gentile, the number of the nations. Mm. I guess the Lord, I guess the Lord wasn't ashamed of this horrible chapter. He put it in the Bible. Show you how important his seed is. And then both them boys. It's only two brothers. Everybody else is just, you know, a dad, a son, a dad, a son, a dad, a son. These two. He said, bring both them. But one reached out and got saved, and the other one broke out because he got happy. The firstborn became the secondborn. The secondborn became the firstborn. Just put both their names right under all them big-time names. Y'all ain't helping me. <laughs> you say, well, them boys ain't worthy. Okay. Good thing you ain't God. God thought they were. <laughs> I'm closing now. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh. Run to Genesis 44. Hurry. Hurry. Genesis 44. This is Judah. How in the world did he get such a high commendation in 49 when the sons were being judged? You talk about a rascal and a Oh, okay, y'all, we got to make this just, got to make this just one or two minutes. So let me break it down to you. This is when the brethren, y'all remember there was a family. Can y'all handle a little more? Yes, sir. Yeah. You tell me, I'll work with you. I mean, really, y'all want a little more? Okay, this beautiful typology. This is when Joseph now had been brought up out of his place between two thieves in the lower parts of the earth, and he's and he's ruling the he's the savior of the world empire, and he's ruling. And the old man sends all them boys down there. We're we're all gonna die. Y'all go down to Egypt and see if you can find corn. Okay, okay. They get in there and they get brought before the resurrected son. They get brought before Joseph. Only they don't know it's him. This is where we're at. And they come in there and they appear in before the son and they're the ones that gave him up to be killed. They're the ones that sold him into slavery. They don't even know it's him. Them Jews don't even know it's Jesus. Are y'all with me? Them Jews don't even know who they're looking at. Y'all okay? Little time out. Something running too lately. Neatest thing. Neatest thing ever on receiving Jesus. The Jewish nation are ready for the second coming. They rejected his first coming. They're waiting to receive Messiah. Well, they, don't know, they don't know it's Jesus. But that's who it's going to be, and then their eyes will be open, and they're going to receive him. And Zechariah said a fountain will be open three and a half days and they'll repent and have their sins washed away. The Jews rejected the first coming, but they're all ready for the second coming. 
Now, they don't know that. The Gentiles, this is what got big, Pastor Hunt, the Gentiles, Gentile nations, accepted the first coming, but rejected the second. Worldwide, we celebrate Christmas. The whole world's okay. You're talking about baby Jesus. That outfit in Washington, D.C., the Kennedy Center every year has the big Christmas carols, and I mean the genuine hymns. Isn't that something? But to say he's still alive and he's coming back makes them plumb mad. Y'all ain't helping me. They're going to form a League of Nations after World War I, going to form the United Nations after World War II, doing their best, every humanist and atheist and Hollywood and the whole skeptic and outfit. They don't believe he's alive, don't believe he's coming. They were all fine with his first coming, but they totally reject the second. The Jews reject the, the first coming, and they're all ready for the second. <laughs> well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? The neatest thing, guess what? If you got saved, you ain't either one. You're the church. And we believe the first coming and we believe the second coming. And Gentile nations that have a chance to make it in the millennial reign if they'll act right. And the Jews are getting a chance to get in on what they rejected in the first coming when he comes back. What are y'all thinking about that? That's pretty awesome stuff. Y'all okay? Let me know what I've worried you out. I'm the one that ain't slept. <laughs> There's three brother ages, and none of them better looking than the other one. They're all, you're a true man of God, brother ages. There's three of you. I love all three of you. Pastor Hunt dawned on me the other day that the rapture for the church and the second coming, coming back to save the Jews in Jerusalem, fit both outfits. The rapture will be heard and not seen. Because we operate by faith, church age, Gentile. Faith cometh by. We'll hear a voice and a shout and trump. I think they'll just hear thunder. You old timers know where I got that from. When God saved Paul, he was talking to him, but everybody around him said, we're just hearing thunder. And the gospel can't be seen. It's heard. The church age, we walk not by sight, but by faith. And the rapture's going to fit us. Second coming, the revelation going to fit them. It'll be seen. And does it say in Revelation 1, and every ear shall hear. And it said, and every eye shall see. Because the Jews require signs. The Jews and charismatics. <laughs> Sorry, me, me. I ain't slept. The Jews require a sign. He's going to get one. Me. Here I am, said the Lord. And they won't hear it. It'll be on them before they know it. But every eye will see it. When he's coming back to the Jews in Jerusalem, it's something you can see and you won't hear it, but or you'll see it before you hear it. And that rapture 
we won't see it. It'll done be happening. We'll be seeing everything else by the time it's over. Y'all ain't helping me. Is that all right? The rapture and the revelation and the seven years in between them. Oh, my. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Forget what I said. I somewhere. Okay. Oh, this is good. I'm just going to, 30 seconds. Here it comes. How in the world did Judah live like he lived, did all that he did, and then he was okay at the judgment? I'm going to say it. You ready? I'm going to make you go home and study it. Because when he appeared before the Son while he was the Savior, he acted right. Here they come before Joseph. Are y'all in Genesis 44? Verse 14. And Judah and his brethren. I'm trying to quit, Pastor. There ain't no quit in this thing tonight. And Judah and his brethren came to Joseph's house, for he was yet there, and they fell before him on the ground. Can I rephrase this? And Dean and A.G. and Hunt went to church while the Lord was still in the house, and we fell on the ground. <laughs> Y'all ain't helping me. It's going to church. It's a picture of it. And Joseph said to them, What deed is this that ye have done? Don't you know, boys, know I can divine? Y'all remember standing before the Lord and he said, I need to know what deeds you've done. You think I can't see it? Y'all ain't helping me. I'm just touching. I, don't, I need an hour to treat it right. And y'all done took up an hour and, and a little more. Look at y'all. And Judah spoke. Who? Hold on, Pastor. And Reuben said. And Simeon said. And Issachar said. Who spoke up? That fourth boy. He wasn't the first and he wasn't the baby. He spoke up. He said, what shall we say? How, what shall we speak? How shall we clear ourselves? Well, he fixed to do a good job of it. For God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Oh, there's so much here. Go down to verse 18. Then, who came near? One of them boys just got on up in there real close. Simeon? Levi? Reuben? No, Judah. Got on in there. Oh, you think the Lord used him to wonder where Jesus come from his tribe? He got right on up there next to that son who is currently the Savior. <laughs> Y'all ain't helping me. Listen to this sinner's prayer. Y'all doing all right? Listen to this sinner's prayer. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears and let not thine anger burn. Burn? Yeah, boy, he nearly got burned. <laughs> Against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? Now he goes to go confess what they did to Joseph. Everybody look at me. Now he's going to go to confess what they did to Joseph, and he don't know he's confessing it to Joseph. <laughs> and when you came to the Lord and told him everything you'd done, you was talking to the one you'd done it to. Oh, and he prayed a great old big prayer, and he told the whole story. 
Y'all come to verse 31. Verse 31. He's, he's, this is a big old prayer. He's getting it right. Hey, y'all, he's getting it right. And he said in verse 32, I got to take care of Benjamin, my little brother, because I didn't take care of another little brother. Talking to the same little brother. And he said, for thy servant became surety. <whistles> Jacob said, this eternal covenant business. He said, I became surety. Folks, until you're willing to lay down on the cross yourself, I don't know if you ever run to it. Until you said, I'm supposed to be on that cross. I'm supposed to be on that cross, and if you need to put me on it, you can. And look at him pray. Look at the end of this verse. If I bring him not to thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Judah was in the eternal zone forever. I'll bear the blame. Well, that's how he got right. He showed up in chapter 49 and got a whole bunch of verses and a whole bunch of praise and a whole bunch of blessing. That's because he acknowledged some things. He confessed some things. He became surety. He said, he said I'll bear the blame forever before my father. And his father wasn't even there when he said it, but when his father got in front of him in 49, you know he knew it. Oh, my. Y'all thank God for the praise that we were born, born again. Praise that in our messed up birth we reached out and got the blood. Praise that we can stand at the very end in judgment and have been made such a mess and yet can stand before God in pure, clear, clean conscience. Isn't that good? And I ain't got there. We got to have some. <laughs> and there's a lion roaring in Revelation 5. Opening the book. The birth. The blood. The bema. And then the little book. Judah. Our heads are bowed. Come, family. Come, family. Thank you all for being kind. I know you let me preach an hour and a half, I think. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your kindness. How many of you all would like to do a little pray in the night? Acknowledging things. Confessing things. Thanking God. You ain't got to be afraid of the judgment. Get right and live right. You ain't got to be afraid of the judgment. Let's all stand. If somebody needs to be saved, come to be saved. If somebody just needs to be thankful, come tonight and thank him. If you need to make a prayer, come and pray. If you need to talk to your father, talk to the father. If you need to talk to the son, talk to the son. What about it? Why we celebrate this way. <laughs> they wonder why we worship every time we speak his name. When we sing, come all ye faithful. What about it? Let us adore the king. We are looking past a stable to a
rejected of men. I have to dress up nothing. You don't have to dress up fake stuff. You don't have to dress up real stuff. softly there just a minute. You know why the world just sees a babe in a manger? Because they went down to the barn to find him. But I'm glad we went to the tire of the flocks. We didn't go to the barn to find him. We went to the tire of the flocks where the sacrificial lambs were birthed. Over there where the shepherds was watching over him at night because that sacrificial lamb had to be without blemish and without spot so that's why the world looking for him in barns but thank god i'm glad we found a savior over at the tire of the flocks where the sacrificial lambs and you know the only thing <laughs> glory to god yeah you know all them messed up lambs over there at the tire of the flocks them messed up lambs you know what they got to do live <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, them messed up lambs, they got to live. Oh, y'all had too much preach. I'm sorry. I'll save that one for Sunday. See, is that perfect lamb got killed? Yeah, it's the messed up lamb, the blemished lambs. They say, you just go free. <laughs> and run the green boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, amen. The one without the blemish had to die, but we're a bunch of messed up, jacked up, marred up, ain't fit. To, hey, we won't fit to kill, but we fit to live. <laughs> let me let y'all go. Hey, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Quit running to the barn trying to find your Savior. Run away with that tire of the flocks, and you'll find that sacrificial lamb. That was born right on time. Hallelujah. Boy, it's been good. Let's take up an offering. Take up a good offering tonight. We're taking care of the preacher, the evangelist, the, the singers. And next week, we're running right back just like we're finishing up here. Going to hook right back up. Next week, we've got the Jimmy Justice family, the Rogers family, the Brooklyn Baptist Choir and, and Miss Robin Henderson is going to be with us all week. She's going to come in here and hook up with and stay with us a week. If you've never heard Miss Robin, I don't even know if you can handle it, heaven, if you've never been around. Go ahead and pass that while I ramble. They can give and listen at the same time. Josh over here, I preach in their church. Lord, over 20-some years been preaching there. Preach there now every year, and I'll be there here in just a, about two or three weeks. I'll be back up there in Ohio. Josh asked me one time, he said, what's some of your honey holes? And I don't tell everybody everything, but he got to sit in two nights on my honey hole. <laughs> it was one of my honey holes, Brother Dean. You're one of my honey holes. I learned so much from you. I'm sick of these churches that's about... 14 miles wide and two inches deep. Some of y'all about like that because this was too much studying for y'all. But I love studying the Word of God. I love it. I love it. I love teaching that Word of God. Tying together, I love it. I, love, I like being taught stuff I ain't seen. I like it. 13, 13, 13. I don't worry too much about a black cat running out in front of me, but I do watch that number 13 pretty close. <laughs> I really do. I watch that number 13. All right, ladies, get your laundry and your grocery shopping and all done tomorrow. Get your husband to help you. And, uh, Take care of all your business tomorrow. Get your grass cut. Well, we ain't got hard new grass in South Carolina. God dried it up for us so we didn't have to cut grass. I got some weed eating to do. I got patches that's are growing. But our grass ain't growing around here. Not where we're at anyway. It rains everywhere else. It just don't rain on Hall Road and Randall Road. We don't get no rain. I don't know what the deal is with that. Rain's on the just and the unjust, but we might not be neither one. We ain't getting it here. 
I don't know what the deal is on that. I'm in for real. It floods all the way around us, but we don't, we'll get a drop or two. That's about all we get. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Brother Dean's going to be going back to Tennessee tonight. AG family's headed out about a 10-hour drive tonight going to Indiana. They'll be driving all night long. Don't feel sorry for them. They didn't have to leave. I said, I sure hate they got to drive. They, don't, they ain't got to. They could just stay. Yeah, we'll make it up for you. Y'all won't even have to say nothing. <laughs> We're experienced. How many y'all have? I have about 100. No, they won't with 40 there. About 100. It's good to be in the house, Lord. Glad everybody was here. You glad to be here? Say amen. All righty. Have a good day tomorrow to rest and get ready for Sunday morning Lighthouse. Be here Sunday morning. Be in your place. Sunday school's 945. Be here Sunday school. And we'll look for a great time in the Lord then. And then I will be back in here for the revival on Monday night, 645, 7 o'clock, somewhere in that little window. We'll get kicked off. And so y'all be back for that, okay? All right, God bless your hearts. We love y'all. Thank you so much for coming. All of our visitors, thank you so much for being here. Shake hands one with another as you leave. Be careful getting out of the parking lot. <laughs>